Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 111 of Parenting in Real Life. Howdy, howdy, howdy. I'm Woody. (laughs) Our sister-in-law posted a thing on Instagram, and they were on a walk, and there was a Woody doll that was, like, face down in the dirt. (laughs) Yes. And she's just like, ah. (laughs) That's amazing. So Alan has a fun parenting hack for us today. I do. (laughs) So seven... 100 times a day, our kids come up to us crying because somebody did something. So yesterday, somebody came up to me crying. I said, stop. Don't tell me. I'm going to guess. And I pretended like I was playing Clue with his injury. (laughs) And so I was like, let me guess. It was so-and-so. And And he was like, "Uh uh-huh. And I was like, okay. And they slapped you. Uh Uh-huh. On the face. Uh huh. I was like, I got it. It was so and so with the slap on the face. <laughs> and so the rest of the day, the kids were like coming to us. They hurt me. Can you guess? <laughs> like, they like it too. So it's a winner. If your kids are coming to you crying all the time, you can guess. <laughs> Make a game out of it. Makes it more fun for the parents instead of just listening to yeah. crying and whining. <laughs> I don't know if it was super great for them, but it was great for me. So our last week episode, if you haven't listened to that one, we interviewed Darla Trendler and we talked about teenagers and how to adjust to being a parent of teenagers. And I love that our friend Karen said that she loved a quote that I put on Instagram that Darla talked about. And she said, parenthood is more about how you learn and grow. You do the best you can, but you can't tie your worth to your child's choices. Karen was like, I just love that quote. And that was such a good reminder. And I think it's a good reminder for all of us parents that When our kids are making bad choices, that's not necessarily a reflection on us that they make their choices, and we just have to remember that it's not about us. And now for our Hot Mess Hot Minute. So today we are talking about reframing. We've had a lot of conversations with a lot of really smart people, and reframing has been like swirling around in the background of all of them, but we never actually talk about it. So today we're talking about reframing, and it is great. Reframing in one sentence. Go. Reframing is taking the negative and making it positive. Whoa. There you go. That was a short (laughs) sentence. We're going to talk about what it is, why you do it, and then how to do it. And we're going to practice with our own kids. To kick us off with the parenting real life moment, I read a book with my son called Hip Hip Hooray for Annie McRae. It's a winner. By Brad Wilcox. Yep. In the book, I bet there's not a lot of Hip Hip Hooray for Annie McRae books, so you can probably get just any of them. I think there's two. I think you wrote two of them. Okay. But in the one book, this girl goes around and everybody's just super encouraging. So her dad says, Hip Hip Hooray for Annie McRae for not spilling the milk. And her mom says, Hip Hip Hooray for Annie McRae for cleaning up her room in the morning. And all these things. And then halfway through the book... Her mom's busy, and her dad's gone, and the teacher doesn't notice. And so nobody's saying hip, hip, hooray for Annie McRae. So she has this really terrible day. Then she realizes, I can be my own good voice. And so 
She has another day where it could have been terrible, but she tells herself hip hip hooray for Annie McRae. And at the end of that book, I was just like, man, I should probably, I mean, we're always trying to positively reinforce our kids, but they just do this hip hip hooray thing. And so I tried that with a couple of my kids and they always get this like embarrassed smile, but I noticed that it instantly changed their behavior. And I, like I say, I try and say thanks, but there's something about saying hip hip hooray for a kid that it's like, oh my gosh, like it's like a gold star, you know, it it just takes it to the next level. So it's almost a parenting hack because it's super simple and free and not that much harder than saying thank you, but it makes a big difference for kids to have their parents say hip hip hooray for Cammy K or hip hip Peru for Lucy Lou, you know, like whatever it is, they just love it because it has their name in it and it's long and it's special and they notice. Sometimes I wonder like, does positive reinforcement really work? I don't (laughs) think they get it, but they get this. Like if if you're struggling to get that to stick, I think this helps. So what does it have to do with reframing, Alexis? I think it's just pointing out the positive, right? Which is a lot about the reframing is trying to figure out what's happening that is not great and then making it great or making it a good thing or a more positive thing in the light. So I think that hip hip hooray thing is just pointing out the positive things, right? And then you're helping your children see the good things that they're doing because you're focusing more on the good things that they're doing than the bad behavior more typically is going to disappear. That actually is in the book. Like she comes in and pounds on the piano, but her grandma, instead of saying, stop piano on the piano, she says, hip hip hooray for Andy McRae for practicing the piano without being asked. So it's there. It's there. So what is reframing? So reframing is essentially changing how we think about a challenging behavior. So we start the reframing process by putting aside the notion that our child is trying on purpose to make us angry because that's usually what it feels like. They're trying to push our buttons and they're trying to make us mad, but that's typically not what they're doing. Most children don't enjoy when their parents are mad and then tend to get frightened and upset anyway. So they're not trying to do it on purpose necessarily. And so that's where you have to really think about what is my kid really trying to do right now? I think I have two examples on the contrary. I definitely <laughs> think that it's not 100% of the time. Nathan totally tells me, like, I'm trying to bug you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a Tanner trait that I've learned runs deep in their genes. They like to bug people. <laughs> what the heck? No, that's absolutely true. Jack's the same way. He likes to start a little fight. But the point is still true. They're doing it to tease, not to ruin my life or something. Yeah. So I think there's a, that's a difference. Separate. He wasn't trying to make you angry. He's trying to tease you, right? Or make you flustered or something. Right. He wants to make me fun angry, which is subtle. And I'm not very subtle about it. But. but he doesn't want you to like yell at him. And I think that's a hard spot, especially as children, because they're trying to tease, but they don't do it very well yet. Right. <laughs> so. so sometimes they get fun angry and sometimes they get yell angry. And you can tell they're shocked. They don't know when they're going to get which. But yeah. anyway, the point is kids don't want to ruin our lives. That's not why they do bad things. So reframe what they're doing. So I was on Instagram today and I actually found a really great example of reframing. Okay, so this was awesome. This was shared by The Morning Grew that somebody else had posted. But it said, The idea of having tattoos making it harder to get a job is so bizarre because when I see someone with a lot of tattoos, I don't think degenerate. I think, nice, a guy who schedules lots of appointments and shows up to them on time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a perfect example. 
reframing, right? And they're like, oh, look at that guy. But like, oh man, this guy, he's had a lot of tattoo appointments and he showed up. <laughs> so <laughs> You could say they can do hard things. They can push through painful things. There's a lot of ways <laughs> you can reframe something that seems like a negative behavior. Another good example is my brother and his wife have a little one-year-old-ish. And he's just at that age where he's got what I would have called, like, he's kind of a punk sometimes, right? He's learning that he can control the show if he throws a big fit. And I kept saying that, like, oh, man, he's a handful or whatever. I don't think I would say that. We don't say that. <laughs> we don't but say that. <laughs> I was just making comments about it, and my sister-in-law was really good every time to be like, oh, yeah, he's got his own ideas. And, I, like, she kept saying it, and I was like, I think she's trying to correct me. <laughs> and it was good because she should. He's not a troublemaker. He's not trying to be trouble. He just has his own ideas and he's expressing them. And that's a positive way to look at that behavior. And I think it helps us as parents, but it also, I think, helps them. So why should we reframe? Why is this important? Because if our kids have a negative behavior and then we respond with negative behavior, it just keeps cycling the negative and over and the negative over. Right. And so if we're able to reframe it, to make it positive, then we can start sharing a positive light on it. And then hopefully the behavior, if it's a bad behavior, will eventually go away. Or it'll just even help us see our kids in a better light and help us feel better about our kids, be better parents because we can see the good rather than just focusing so much on the negative. Right. I also think labels are super powerful on kids. And even if you don't come out and say like, you're so frustrating or you're so... Well, sometimes you do. I was just thinking like... Some kids are timid and scared to do stuff. And sometimes as parents, it's easy to be like, be brave or to push on them this like, you're such a chicken, you know, why aren't you more brave? When instead you could spin that and put it in a positive light. I think those labels sometimes stick with us. Oh, definitely. I think there's labels that you get as a child from your parents or peers or whoever, and you kind of consider yourself that type of person for the rest of your life until you can actively change that in your own mind. You're like, oh, I'm just shy or I'm right. this way or that way, you know, and maybe that's true, but maybe it's not. Yeah, pretty powerful. So now to the how. How do we reframe our kids' behavior? So I researched a couple articles. We're going back to that, which is great. And I took it down to four main points that I thought were really important. So the first thing is to ask questions. And we kind of talked about this last week with Darla too, which I really liked. The thing that she said was to ask your kid, what do you think? And so I think that was good for a little bit older kids when they can start processing things. If they're struggling with something or they're unhappy about something, or maybe they're mad at something you did, I'm like, well, what do you think we should do? We've done interviews too, where it's like, try to be that detective, you know, and try to figure out what is really behind this. So some other questions you can ask yourself is, what do they want or need that is leading to this challenging behavior? And how can we help them obtain what they want using acceptable behaviors? There's way too many big words in those. <laughs> so what does my kid really want? And how can I help them get what they want in a good way? Now we're talking. <laughs> Love it. We were talking about the other day. I think it was on The Office. Michael Scott's like, I can't even remember what that was, but he was like, tell me like I'm 10. Explain it to me like I'm 10 years yeah. old. And then he explains it. He was like, explain it to me like I'm five years old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I know know. If those are the right numbers, but that was the gist of it. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So that's the first is ask these questions. 
And then the second is to stay calm. And I think this goes with number three, which is to lower expectations. And I've always hated that. Everyone's like, have lower expectations. Like, no, no, no. In fact, I've talked about this with people. Like, I can't have lower expectations. I have too many kids to have low expectations of my kids. So I like that reframing is lower expectations, but with purpose. Because you're not just like, well, kids are stupid. It's not this hopeless feeling, but it's my super creative or my super passionate kid, XYZ. It's taking that negative behavior, putting a positive spin on it, and understanding how that positive spin sometimes has side effects that are hard as they're learning and growing. But it's a good thing that they're developing instead of this bad thing that we have to root out of our evil children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's where parenting is changing because instead of like, oh, I need to change my kid and change this behavior about them, it's more about like, okay, this is who they are. Let's accept that behavior, but guide them in a good way rather than mm-hmm. just letting them be crazy or whatever. But how can we use this personality trait that they have and make it a positive part of their life? Mm-hmm. So... This last one, we thought we would practice with our own kids to help you. I always feel like, oh, this is great, but how do I do this in my own life? So we're going to give you examples with our own kids, and then hopefully this might help you with yours too. So the last one is to change that wording in your mind, to really think about instead of these negative labels that you have for some of your kids, change them to positive things, and then give them opportunities to use those talents and skills. So we're going to go through our kids. We're not going to tell you names because... Someday they might listen to this. <laughs> no, we don't. And if you know our children, we don't want you to label them either. So <laughs> yeah, we're doing this randomly and we won't use their name. So they're all mixed up in order. Do you ever feel like they do that? They're like, we're going to call them John and Nikki. And like their names are totally John and Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're doing. These are in completely random order. That's not chronological oldest, youngest. It's not. I make, I, I did mix them up. It really isn't. But I did find an article, and this is, is in the show notes, but it had a list of some of those harder negative behaviors, and then it gave examples of positive ways to look at them. So if we don't mention the one that you feel like your kid is, you can look at that article in the show notes and see if that's there. So child number one is kind of anxious. And so saying like, oh, they're such an anxious, timid child, you can move them to like, oh, they're just cautious, right? And so Love that. I was super cautious as a kid. (laughs) I'm still pretty dang cautious. You were cautious. I was. I did not do stupid stuff like a lot of kids. Zero broken bones, except that one time, Michelle. (laughs) They also struggle to stick with anything. They've dropped out of a ton of sports and other activities. It's been really frustrating. But you can reframe that as loves change and trying new things. And that's super true. So these aren't lies, right? It's finding the positive in what can sometimes be the easier to see negative. Mm -hmm. We have another child who's a little bit bossy. Super bossy. (laughs) But this child just likes to be a leader, likes to lead, likes to be in charge, and that's fine. And so I think as you're doing that, you have to help them navigate that a little bit too and allow them to be like, okay, well, sometimes you can't always be the leader or whatever. And I think you help them through that, but just also know that they just like to be in charge sometimes. And it's frustrating for them when they don't get to be. So when you can kind of see it like, oh, they must feel so frustrated because they're not in charge. I think that helps you not feel so frustrated that they're fighting with people all the time. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, how do I help them become a great leader? 
which is a totally different solution than why is my kid always fighting? With yeah. Their why friends? are they so bossy? They need to be less bossy and shared, right. you know, whatever. Why aren't they more humble? They're they're not. They're a charismatic leader and they're just young. <laughs> yeah. We have another kid who's super argumentative, just always can find the the counterpoint to whatever you say. But you can reframe that as opinionated or seeking independence or an individual thinker, right? Like I think in my job all the time, I wish I was more this way. I wish I could hear what somebody says and think, I disagree with that. In fact, I think this. And they're just really good at that. Yeah, so that's really challenging as a parent, right? You're like, oh, why are they always fighting me? Why is everything that I say, they can't just be obedient. But if you spin that and be like, okay, they're just trying to exert that independence, trying to figure out why you're making them do those things or why you're asking them to do those things. And usually this child, once they put two and two together, then they're fine. They're like stronger for it, right? Yeah. Because they didn't just do it because they were supposed to. Yeah, they just needed to figure out in their mind why it made sense and then they were good with it. But they're just going to push you until they feel good about it. So we have another child who could be considered mean. They just lose control easily and they're explosive. So these can be reframed to they just need help regulating their emotions. So they just quite haven't gotten hold of those emotions yet. And that they just feel emotions very deeply. Tears come to their eyes very quickly. I think they just feel things. So I think that's important to remember is these Big reactions are because they are feeling things so deeply. So then you can say, okay, they're feeling these emotions. How can I help them regulate that? Yeah. I also think you could say they're empathetic. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the flip side is a lot of us, my hand is raised, are just like, I don't feel things very big. And so when people feel things really big, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't understand what's happening right now. Um, <laughs> I think that's hard because I'm also that way. And so when you have two parents that are like, we just don't feel things big. Yeah. It's hard when our children feel things big because then you're like, whoa, 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 calm the heck down. You know, like, right. why are you doing this? But if you can right. just allow them that space to feel those feelings. They're going to be that friend when they grow up. That's just when you tell them about your bad day, they're like, oh my gosh, I totally get it. And they will because they, they will feel with you. They're great like that. Our last child, you could consider them very stubborn or you can reframe that and say that they're just assertive and they know what they want and they get what they want, which again, someday that's going to be a great thing if they know how to do that and do that right. But right now it can sometimes be difficult because I want them to do what I want <laughs> all the time. This child also feels very deeply so they can be really sweet and kind but also really angry and frustrated. And so they just kind of on that scale of emotions, they can be very high and very low. And so you can see both sides of that coin. Mm -hmm. And so again, helping them navigate that. And then also just focusing on that, like sweet and kindness part of them. This feels like a game changing activity. So I challenge you to do this about your kids with your spouse or by yourself Take some time and write down some of the hardest behaviors of your kids and then figure out like, what's the flip side of this? How can I put a positive spin on this? And how can that help me with how I react to this child? Life changed. Life changed. You're Boom. welcome. <laughs> See you next week.
Thanks everyone for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Parenting IRL Podcast or find us on our website at parentinginreallife.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating. And a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. For more changing lives, life changings. (laughs) Changings of the life. Considered your life changed. That.